Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Hare Rama, Hare Rama Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna Krishna Krishna, Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna. 
Hare Hare Rama Hare Rama Rama Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Jaiyo Goranitai, 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 Jai Goranitai. Jaiyo Jagana, Jai Jaganata, Baladeva Jai Sri Subhadra. Jaiyo Radha, Balabha Radha, Balabha Sri Radha. Jaiyo Radha Balabha Radha Balabha Shri Radha Jaiyo Jai Prabhupad 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 Jai Jai Prabhupad Jaiyo Jai Prabhupad, Prabhupad, Prabhupad Jai Jai Prabhupad Shabbat Paramahansa Parivraja Kataraya Sattara Shatri Shimada Pacharana Arvind Bhaktivinan Swami Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai Antagoti Vaishnavinda Ki Jai Gantra Shri Madhvahagutam Ki Jai Nithai Gaur Premanande All Glories to Samadhi Bodhis, All Glories to Samadhi Bodhis, All Glories to Samadhi Bodhis, All Glories to Shri Shri Guru and Gauranga, All Glories to Shri Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya 
ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय रीडिंग फ्रॉम श्रीमद भागवतम कैंटो सेवन चैप्टर वन वर्स नंबर सिक्स निर्गुणोपो व्यक्त निर्गुणोपो व्यक्त भगवान प्रकृते पर भगवान प्रकृते पर सोमाया गुणमाश्य सोमाया गुणमाश्य बाध्य निर्गुणोपो व्यक्त भगवान प्रकृते पर सोमाया गुणमाश्य बाध्य बाधकता निर्गुणोपो व्यक्त भगवान प्रकृते पर सोमाया गुणमाश्य बाध्य बाधकता भगवान प्रकृते पर निर्गुणोपो व्यक्त भगवान प्रकृते पर सोमाया गुणमाश्य बाध्य बाधकता भगवान प्रकृते पर सोमाया गुणमाश्य बाध्य बाधकताजो व्यक्त भगवान भक्ते प्रोमायाश्य बाध्य बाधकताड मीनिंग निर्गुण Without material qualities, api, although he certainly ajaha unborn, avyakta ha unmanifest, Bhagwan, the Supreme Lord, prakrte he to material nature, paraha transcendental, swamaya of his own energy. गुणम मटीरियल क्वालिटीज आवश्य एंटरिंग बाध्य ऑब्लिगेशन बाधकताम द कंडीशन ऑफ बीइंग ऑब्लाइज्ड 
Gataha accepts. Translation The Supreme Personality of Godhead Vishnu is always transcendental to material qualities and therefore he is called Nirguna or without qualities. Because he is unborn, he does not have a material body to be subjected to attachments and hatred. Although the Lord is always above material existence, through his spiritual potency, he appeared and acted like an ordinary human being, accepting duties and obligations apparently like a conditioned soul. You can repeat the translation. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, Vishnu, is always transcendental to material qualities. And therefore, he is called Nirguna or without qualities because he is unborn. He does not have a material body to be subjected to attachment and hatred. Although the Lord is always above material existence, through his spiritual potency, he appeared and acted like an ordinary human being, accepting duties and obligations apparently like a conditioned soul. So-called attachment, detachment and obligations pertain to material nature which is an emanation from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But whenever the Lord descends and acts in this material world, He does so in His spiritual position. Although His activities materially appear different, spiritually they are absolute and non-different. Thus, it is an imposition upon the Supreme Lord to say that He is envious of anyone or friendly to anyone. In Bhagavad Gita 9, Point eleven, the Lord clearly says, Avajananti Mamuda Manushim Tanumashritam. Fools deride me when I descend in a human form. Krishna appears on this earth or within this universe without any change in his spiritual body or spiritual qualities. Indeed, he is never influenced by the material qualities. He is always free from such qualities, but he appears to act under material influence. This understanding is aropita or an imposition. Therefore, Krishna says, Janma karma chame divyam. Whatever he does, being always transcendental, has nothing to do with material qualities. Evam yaveti tattvata. Only devotees can understand the truth of how he acts. The fact is that Krishna is never partial to anyone. He is always equal to everyone. But because of imperfect vision, Influenced by material qualities, one imposes material qualities upon Krishna. And when one does so, he becomes a mudha or fool. When one can properly understand the truth, he becomes devoted and nirguna, free from material qualities. Simply by understanding the activities of Krishna, one can become transcendental. And as soon as one is transcendental, he is fit to be transferred to the transcendental world. Taktva deham punarjanma naiti mameti suvarjuna. One who understands the activities of the Lord in truth is transferred to the spiritual world after he gives up his material body. Omagyana timirandasya gyananjana shalakaya chakshuran militam jena tasme shi guruvenamaha 
श्री चैतन्य मनोभीष्टम स्थापित ये न भूतले स्वयं रूप कदाम ददाति स्वदातिक वंदेहम श्री गुरु श्री यथापदकमल श्री गुरून वैष्णवाश्रीपम सागर जात सहगन रघुनाथन्वित तम सजीव साइत सवधूत परिजन सहित कृष्ण चैतन्यदेव श्रीराधाकृष्णपादनलिता श्री विशाखान्वता हे कृष्ण करुणा सिंधु दीनबंधु जगतपते गोपेश गोपिका कांत राधाकांत नमस्तुते तप्त कांचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरि प्रिय वंशाकुभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतितनाम पावनेभ्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नम श्रीकृष्णचैतन्य प्रभो निनंद श्रीअतगदाधर श्रीवासदिगौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्ण हरे कृष्ण 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे नमो विष्णुपदाय कृष्ण पृष्ठाय भूतले श्रीमते भक्ति वेदात स्वामी नाविने नमस्ते सारस्वते देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिने निर्विशेष शून्यवादी पाश्चातारिने हरे कृष्ण सीकिंग ब्लैसिंग ऑफ सीनियर वैष्णवस सो दै कैन स्पीक समथिंग ऑन दिस टॉपिक स्पेशली दिस सेवेंथ कैंटो विच इज वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग वेरी अमेजिंग सेक्शन ऑफ श्रीमद भागवतम फॉर माई ओन प्यूरिफिकेशन so this chapter which is named as the impartiality of the lord or the supreme lord is equal to everyone um here now sukhdev goswami is answering parikshit maharaj's question where parikshit maharaj straight away in the beginning of the chapter is is asking the lord please explain how the lord is favoring the devatas and killing the asuras lord is supposed to be impartial because he is the source of all living entities whether they are devatas or asuras whether they are they are favor in favor of his laws his rules or they are against his laws or his rules he is supposed to be partial so why is he siding with the devatas and always killing the demons so that's where the question comes and um, sukhdev goswami really congratulates parikshit maharaj for his question why because if a question is asked to the right person with the right consciousness for the right purpose the answers are very beneficial not for just someone who is hearing not for just someone who is speaking but thousands thousands of years later we are also discussing this same question and answer and it's beneficial benefiting us also and that's why sukhdev goswami in previous verses really thanked or basically glorified or congratulated parikshit maharaj for his amazing question and yesterday's amazing class by mataji she was mentioning the glories of shrimad bhagavatam glories of hearing about krishna so parikshit maharaj has asked this question which has may which will make sukhdev goswami speak in future about lord narsimhadev and prahlad maharaj's past time the appearance of narsimhadev if suppose by chance this question was not asked maybe the need to speak about narsingadev would not occur and that's why it's amazing question 
sun we can hear about this wonderful past times of the lord so here in this particular verse if you specifically see this verse this verse will become the reason for the whole seventh canto practically because now um the whole past time will will be revealed to us gradually in explaining how the supreme lord is not partial he is actually impartial so in this particular verse the qualities of the lord are described where where he is explained as nirguna now this word nirguna is um is quoted by many people who wants wants to impose or impress the philosophy that god is not a person and they quote such such verses from vedic scriptures even bhagavat puran they say that see very directly says that the supreme is nirguna so shila prabhupada has very carefully translated these words and he has specifically mentioned that supreme lord vishnu who is transcendental to material qualities that is why he is nirguna uh, he is not just without qualities but he is transcendental to material qualities and as devotees because we have heard shila prabhupad speaking on this quite frankly he in his all his books he has mentioned this particular trans- translation of the word nirguna for us it's very natural and very easy to just understand this word nirguna as means lord who doesn't have material qualities but if not understood through shila prabhupad or acharyas who who were very concerned about this understanding that god should should be seen as a person i'm talking about other spiritual institutions this confusion prevails a lot that god is not a person and he is some impersonal energy light or shakti or some potency and when it comes when it's time for the lord to do some leela he may uptake a human like form and come and appear and does his leela but that body which the lord acquires that he takes upon himself the energy that shakti that brahma jyoti that takes that body that is maya that is the material form which is we see in the past times of krishna also was just killed by an arrow shot by an hunter and uh, the the activity of that particular time is over and the material body of the lord is cremated after that so but when devotees as devotees we hear or we read certain certain sections or certain usage of words shri prabhupada has so carefully grilled within us that nirguna means transcendental to material qualities but for people outside it's not the same when those if someone reads bhagavatam any other any other gita press bhagavat or whichever bhagavat open they open and read for them it's very confusing it's actually very confusing so that's the glory of shila prabhupada and his his style of teaching that we are we just take it very casually sometimes these understandings but it's very special for us so in but in this particular purport shila prabhupada quotes a verse from bhagavad gita avajananti maam mooda manushyam tanam ashrita that person who is mooda less intelligent or a fool it's very difficult for them to understand when i appear in my human like form manushyam tanam ashrita when i appear in my human manushya form param bhavam ajananto they do not understand my superior nature mama bhuta maheshwara that i am the supreme master supreme controller of all the living entities they don't understand this in 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 queen kunti's prayers 
she, the, she begins her prayer by explaining how the Supreme Lord is completely aloof from any material qualities whatsoever. So in, in, in the first canto 8 chapter Srimad Bhagavatam, we, we hear Kunti Maharani's prayer where she begins, Namasya Purusham Tvadhyam Ishwaram Prakrte Param Alaksya Sarva Bhutanam Antar Bhaira Vastitam She uses the word Ishwara Prakrte Param. Prakriti means these three gunas. Uh, Sri Kunti Devi says, O Krishna, I offer my obeisances unto you because you are original personality and are unaffected by the qualities of material world. What is the quality of material world? These three gunas. Uh, Sattva Rajas Tama. And because the Lord is not affected by these material qualities, He cannot act like a person of this material world. And anyone of this material world has to be partial. Anyone who is materially affected has to act partially. There is no way they can act impartially towards all living entities. A person who is operating completely on material platform, there is practically no chance for them to behave selflessly, impartially towards all living entities. Why? Because gunas, prakriti, the nature of mater material nature will force them because of their attachments and aversions to some people, to some objects, certain, their likings and dislikings to many things in this world will force them to be partial to some things and impartial to some people or objects or whatever. But for the Supreme Lord, that's not the case. Why? Because He is completely untouched, aloof from any material qualities. You are existing both within and without everything, yet you are invisible to all. This is a very interesting verse. And immediately next verse, Kunti Maharani further says, Maya javani kachanam agya dhokshajam avvayam na lakshase mudadrita nato natya dharoyata being beyond the range of limited sense perception, you are eternally irreproachable factor covered by the curtain of deluding energy. Uh, very interesting. That the Supreme Lord, He keeps Himself covered by His Maya Jahavanika Chanam, by His curtain of deluding energy. And because He keeps Himself covered, Srila Prabhupada in the purport writes this statement. Thus, it is an imposition upon the Supreme Lord to say that He is envious of anyone and friendly to anyone. That means it is an imposition. You are basically imposing this, this on the Supreme Lord that He is partial. Why? Because the Lord behaves and acts in such a way that His material energy covers His activities. And it's very difficult to see His real face, His real purposes behind those activities. And only someone who is in connection with the Supreme Lord through devotional service and they themselves become transcendental to this material nature can actually figure out that, oh no, this is, this is just the illusory covering which makes people feel that he is partial. But actually speaking, he is impartial. He does not side with anybody. Vishwanachakya Thakur explains in the purport of previous verses, he says, that the Supreme Lord does not gain anything with the worships of the Devata. So he doesn't need to side with them. Neither he loses anything with the notorious activities of the demons. So he doesn't have to go and kill them. There is no gain or loss for the Supreme Lord 
only when there is gain or loss in this world, then only we act partially or impartially. That same family one is so attached to, one act partially towards them in comparison to other people. Why? Because there is a sense of gain from them. And as soon as that same family or that same spouse, there is a fight, there is a serious argument, complete disagreement, and there is hatred within the heart, that partial behavior changes or stops. You just don't, you just don't do unnecessary extra favors to them because you just change, your heart is changed. And this is, this is very much affected by material qualities. But this rule practically doesn't even bother the Supreme Lord. Hmm? He's completely aloof from it, yet because he's covered with his illusory energy, his leela, his pastimes may appear partial. And because it can appear partial, that's why Parikshit Maharaj is asking this question. Otherwise, there was no need for this question to even come. How important this question must be that the whole canto is going to expand on this answer, to answer as an answer to this question. And that's why this, there is a lot of stress given on explaining this question and the need for this particular, uh, uh, the, the need to understand these qualities of the Supreme Lord. You are invisible to the foolish observer exactly as an actor dressed as a player is not recognized. Hmm? The Lord is so much covered that when He comes and He acts, even great personalities, there are pastimes where Lord Ram is doing His Leela. He's crying like a very attached husband when Mother Sita is kidnapped. And even Mother Parvati is bewildered and can't understand, oh, this is Lord Vishnu who is doing His Leela. And she goes and tests Ram. In, in dress of Mother Sita, see, trying to see if, it, if he is the Lord, he can recognize me, but if he is not, then I'll tell my husband, Lord Shiva, that you are paying obeisances to someone who is not the Supreme Lord. And as Mother Sita, she walks in front of Ram and Lakshman and Lord Ram is crying, Lord Ram immediately calls her as Mother. But she is dressed as Sita, completely changed as Sita. But Lord Ram is calling her as Mother. So, even Mother Parvati, personalities like her, are very bewildered, very, very difficult to understand because he covers himself with this illusionary energy like that. You know, sometimes there are, if some, some parents are participating in a drama and they have dressed really well, even the children can't recognize that, oh, it's my mother or father on the stage and acting a drama. The Supreme Lord, when he decides to cover himself, and act in such a way, then many great sages, personalities, devatas are bewildered. Then what to speak of Indra? Why to even criticize Indra from being by being by getting bewildered when Govardhan Leela happened? When Krishna, instead of worshipping Indra, made everyone worship Govardhan. His covering is so intense, so amazing. His covering is so so much um, real that Mother Parvati, who is very superior in terms of her position as Indra, and she got bewildered, and why can't Indra get bewildered? Hmm? The Supreme Lord was walking and living as a family member with all the Pandavas and Kauravas. So there is a, this is a very interesting pastime that happens in Mahabharat, where Dhritarashtra, everyone experiences Krishna coming as peace messenger before the battle. 
Now Krishna comes as peace messenger and we know Duryodhan was outright demon. Um, there was no doubt about it. But Dhritarashtra had his saintly sides also. He was very attached to his son. But he had his, his saintly behaviors also on and off. So when Krishna came as peace messenger, there was no doubt in Duryodhan's mind at all that this is just some magic show he is doing. He was very clear about it. Krishna is a magician. He just comes and does some maya, some magic he does and he is trying to scare. And that's why he was trying to capture Krishna. Even when Krishna showed his partial Virat Rup in the assembly of Pandava, in the Kauravas, Duryodhan again said, oh this is some again big magic show he did. He was such a demon within that he just could not recognize Krishna as supreme. But Dhritarashtra was very scared at heart when he understood that Krishna has shown his semi-virat rupa. So when Sanjay in the battlefield of Kurukshetra is narrating Bhagavad Gita to Dhritarashtra, Sanjay explained Dhritarashtra the whole universal form, the complete virat rupa which Krishna has shown Arjun. And there is fear in Dhritarashtra's heart that now what will happen? Because the Supreme Lord, the source of everything is siding with Pandavas. Hmm? But because he is also not a devotee at heart, you know what doubt it, because of his attachment and being very partial towards his son, he comes up with the thought that maybe he is not God. Why? Because when he came as peace messenger to establish peace, his effort didn't get succeed, succeeded. He was not successful in his purpose. So if he was Supreme Lord, he would have become successful in his previous effort only. So maybe he is not Supreme Lord. And this is amazing covering of the, of the Lord. That, that he is hearing the whole narration from Sanjay and who is telling that all your sons are entering in the mouth of Krishna and he's, they have been chewed by under his teeth. Even Bhishma is gone, Drona is gone, Karana is gone, Duryodhana, everyone is dying. All the devatas are visible in his body and still his attachment, the covering of Krishna's material energy is so amazing that still he thinks, oh maybe, maybe there is a chance, maybe. Hmm? So, the, the, the hearing of whole Bhagavad Gita did not fully transform Dhritarashtra's heart because if it would have transformed Dhritarashtra's heart, he was still the king. Even if the, he had still had powers to stop the battle. It doesn't matter they have reached the battlefield, he could have still stopped it. But no, his attachment, his, his, his being very partially attached to his sons covered it completely. Mm-hmm. And that's why, that's why Srila Prabhupada is saying that this is where this imposition is on the Supreme Lord, which, has, which is basically supposed to be on the living entities, conditioned living entities, not on the Supreme Lord. Duryodhan, who was always convinced with this idea that Krishna is not God, in the whole Mahabharata there is only one place where Duryodhan gets a very strong feeling, maybe he is God. And that is when he goes and he pokes Bhishma, insults Bhishma so much one day on the battlefield, saying that you are really very partial towards Pandavas, you are really not fighting with your full vigor, you are you will become the reason that we will be defeated. The way you are fighting, you are purposefully not fighting with full force because your love for Pandava, especially Arjun, is so much. So after so much insult as a Kshatriya, Bhishma got so offended 
this he that he he said i will put all my yogic powers in this five arrows and tomorrow with these five arrows i'm going to kill all the five brothers and this is a very private secret conversation happening between bhishma and duryodhan no one knows about it and duryodhan was so cunning such a politician he took those five arrows thinking that maybe bhishma may change his mind so he told bhishma tomorrow in the battlefield i'll give you these five arrows till then i'll keep it with me so that night krishna is very restless and he wakes up arjun and he tells you go to duryodhan and get these five arrows now so first of all arjun is questioning this is battle is already going on we are in seventh or eighth day now you want me to go in the middle of the night and go and ask five arrows why will he give me krishna reminds arjun that duryodhan had promised you a benediction when you saved him from gandharvas when you were in the forest in the exile and duryodhan came to to tease you and made amazing arrangement of all opulence when you were all living in a thatched hut and then gandharvas and and the duryodhan and karna they had a fight and they were badly defeated you brothers went and saved duryodhan and that time he promised you ask for something and you didn't ask anything now you go in the middle of the night and now you go and get the arrows these five arrows so now krishna goes uh, arjun goes and wakes up duryodhan and he says i want to ask you something now these are kshatriyas there are amazing conversations between the kshatriyas so duryodhan says oh arjun you want something yeah i promised you i'll give you something yeah you can take the whole kingdom <laughs> if you want because that's what he was expecting arjun will come and ask now arjun is also kshatriya he is saying no that i will kill you and take i will not take like that so what do you want give me those five arrows which bhishma has given you so now duryodhan immediately questions arjun how do you know about it because it's a very private conversation between him and bhishma so when arjun says krishna told me mahabharat it mentions this is the only time duryodhan feels in his heart maybe krishna is god otherwise how can he know hmm? but his demoniac nature was so heavy on him and krishna's illusionary energy is so thick for non devotees that it immediately covered him he said no no can't be god i will kill them i have karna i have bhishma on my side take this five arrows who cares huh? so very difficult this is this is why kunti maharani says that you you are covered by this curtain of deluding energy and it is so difficult to actually see you who you are it is very difficult to exactly perceive your identity your personality it's very difficult mm-hmm. and that's where shil prabhupad in the purport says avajananti ma mooda those who are less intelligent they just cannot understand who i am and it's very difficult for them to even understand but if they understand if they understand uh, if they come to this conclusion that param bhavam ajanato that krishna is mama bhuta maheshwara he is the bhuta maheshwara he is the supreme master supreme control of all the living entities then the curtain starts to remove when one understands this in the further in the purport shil prabhupad quotes another very very famous verse which he has quoted many many times that is janma karma chame divyam evam yoveti tattvatah tyakta deham punar janma naiti mamiti swarjuna to understand krishna's janma and karma his appearance and his activities 
it's not simple it's very complicated we while preaching we have to spend so much time just to explain people how krishna's activities are completely spiritual because the controversies attached to krishna's activities are so much that if people start questioning if this doubt really hits them hard they just can't see him as supreme personality or it very easily because the activities krishna has done are very confusing sometimes hmm? dancing with other people's wife in the night stealing gopis clothes you know killing one's own relatives making brothers fight you know just on and on and on this is so much so much uh, controversial uh, pastimes krishna has done from the material point of view that it's very very difficult to understand why he has acted the way he has acted then what to speak of his janma just pre- previously just recently few few days back we had we had a class and and just the group of students just got stuck on this point why you calling him supreme lord he took birth and he died and and this point it, it was it was so difficult to get through them that krishna did not appear like a baby there was no his appearance as a child was not like an ordinary baby he appeared in his four-handed vishnu form not just to satisfy mother devaki but to also satisfy the world who will hear this pastime later that it is me who is the supreme lord it was not just a union between man and woman and krishna was born which child is born that that from the mind of his father he enters the mind of the mother and from the mind of the mother he enters the womb of the mother and then he appears in his four-handed beautiful vishnu form with all the ornaments which child is born like that hmm? so uh, but krishna's janma if understood properly and then his activities if understood properly that they are completely aloof from any material taint whatsoever then krishna says tyaktva deham punar janma naiti mameti swarjuna then one becomes qualified to enter into spiritual realm and when that means there is no more birth again but for that to happen there is lot of purification required we can't jump to that stage straight away and then that's why in bhaktira samrat sindhu shri rupako swami very carefully explains how from sadhana bhakti very gradually one grows and within sadhana bhakti one very carefully performs vaidhi sadhana bhakti which leads to raganuga sadhana bhakti and if these 64 items of devotional service beginning from taking shelter of spiritual master and ending with five major items living in the holy place residing residing in the holy place reading shrimad bhagavatam studying bhagavatam regularly chanting krishna's holy names associating with devotees and deity worship correct shri murti shri vigraha seva if these five activities are done all the 64 activities are done then there are he very specifically uses the word there are certain examples where people have attained bhava bhakti uh, and then gradually the next stage is prema bhakti from that stage so this gradual development has to happen while we are trying to understand krishna's pastimes krishna's activities from the from the explanations of great acharyas like shri prabhupada and his and and the previous acharyas 
and his followers who are, who are holding on very tightly to those explanations, then this Janma Karma Chame Dibyam verse will make sense, will, will, will basically turn into a reality for us. Until then, uh, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to cut through Krishna's material energy, his covering, illusory energy covering, and really seeing Krishna face to face. In Ishapanishad, that very famous verse comes where a devotee is praying, My dear Lord, please remove your glaring effulgence. Please remove it so that I can see your face. I can very clearly see you, who you are. So we hear such amazing explanations and we see why the Supreme Lord has acted the way He has acted. Not just in His own Leela, in His own pastime, when He Himself is involved, but why His devotees are also put through such traumatic situations. If we see the life of the Pandavas, the amount of pain they have gone through is just not normal. It's just, it's just too hard to even comprehend. Hmm? But why Krishna does that? What is a higher purpose he is trying to achieve? Many devotees, they, many not devotees, but many people outside, they question, okay, if you say Krishna is God, and if you say Pandavas and Draupadi are his very ardent devotees, why Draupadi had to go through that insult of being publicly, there was an attempt to disrobe her publicly and what an insult for a woman that is and that too of, of the character of Draupadi. Hmm? What was Krishna trying to do? He could have, if he wanted to explain that you, if you take complete surrender or shelter of him, he will protect you in any situation. Why? He could have explained it in any other way. Why to bring publicly a woman and insult her in such a way that is such so heartbreaking. Just for common people, it's very difficult to understand. Hmm? Because they don't understand Krishna's uh, nature. They don't understand that how the way he operates is far beyond our capacities to comprehend. This one simple way, if you understand this, now when Yudhishthir lost everything, in the gambling match. He lost everything. He lost all his brothers. He lost himself. They all became servants. All his wealth is gone. Everything that he possessed is gone. Now Shakuni is, is trying to poke Yudhishthir that, oh, you still have your wife. Gamble her. And Yudhishthir in his mind is thinking, okay, maybe if this time I win, I can get everything back. Hmm? Now Krishna could have as Supreme Lord, as Paramatma within him, would have stopped him. You know, just think about it, what would have happened if they would have, would have not put Draupadi at stake? They all are already servants. All five brothers are servants. Everything they have lost. Right? Now, Draupadi is not lost, but she is wife of a servant now. Hmm? Understand the situation. Draupadi has not been put at stake. She is in her chamber. Now later she finds out, I am wife of servants. That means I am also servant. So now everyone is a servant. Draupadi is a servant. All the Pandavas are servant. Now when Draupadi was put at stake, such an intense drama happened. Because of that insult which Draupadi got, Dhritarashtra out of fear gave everything back to Pandavas. If Draupadi's insult would have not happened, 
Dhritarashtra would have not given anything back to Pandavas. She would have remained as a servant. And all brothers would have remained as servant. <laughs> you see, many times what Krishna does, the way he does, is very difficult to f comprehend. Why he's, what he's trying to achieve by this one Leela. Hmm? Just because Draupadi got insulted, Dhritarashtra got so scared, Bhima took these vows to kill the hundred sons. Arjuna took vow to kill Karna. Nakul took vow to kill Shakuni. So many things happened just because Draupadi was publicly insulted. Hmm? And out of fear he had to return everything back. Then again, Vanvas would not, would not have happened. They, would, they wouldn't be sent to exile. Because when, they, when Dhritarashtra gave everything back to Pandavas, again they were called back for another gambling match. So if all this would have not happened, especially the Draupadi scene, they would just remain as servants. No action. Just live as servants. Because you've already lost everything. So why and how Krishna acts is very difficult to figure out. And that's where a devotee just not, you know, you, you don't, as devotees we don't have to always fight and keep fighting when life is throwing some, some problems at us. We must stop and see, okay, what Lord wants in this situation. And in Ramayana, Lord Ram, with this personal example, shows this. When Lord Ram is asked to go for exile by Kekai, his mother, then now you go for 14 years, you will not become the king, my son will become the king. Lord Ram is very normal. He's so calm and composed that there is no change of expression on his face. But Lakshman is very angry. Lakshman is so angry that he is even saying to Ram, let's go and kill our father. Why? Because he is doing adharma. You are not chosen as a prince by Dasarath. You are chosen as a prince by Praja. The whole Ayodhya's population has chosen you as a prince. And it's your Raj Dharma that if someone is violating that desire of Praja, you can kill. And Ram says, what are you talking? <laughs> He's a father. Why even these thoughts are coming in your head? Because Lakshman was so much in love with Ram. And then Lord Ram makes an amazing statement. Because he's doing, of course, his Naralila. It's a very important lesson for us in that explanation of Lord Ram. He says that, as far as I can remember, I have not done any harm to Kaikai. I have not even my, in my mind thought anything against Kekai. His mother, he hasn't even, he never had any ill desire towards his mother Kekai. Never. What to speak of any action against her. Still, she has done this to me. Still Kekai has gone so much against me and she's asking me to go to the forest and live in the forest, live or die, whatever. He says, he makes an interesting point. That means Vidhi or the, the Supreme Lord has planned and arranged something for me and I should peacefully accept it. I should not fight for it because if I have not done anything against her but she has come against me, that means this is Lord's desire and he wants me because he's speaking as a human that time that this is exactly what is in stock for me and I should gracefully accept it. Amazing actually, if you see, and, uh, he had all the reasons, all the powers to fight back. But by his personal example, he's showing us that, that if the Supreme Lord has arranged this, one should happily accept it. You know, um, 
some i think one or two years before i was just preparing some some short talk on depression why people come to such levels where they commit suicide what level of depression is that where a person becomes suicidal so while just studying that i was just trying to understand the 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 psychology the mindset behind such extreme behaviors so one of the point uh, which which comes from this expert is that people just don't stop fighting in life they just keep fighting till the end and they never come to come in terms with the reality and they don't accept the reality and the very amazing example that was given he said if you are stuck in a wave in an ocean and you keep fighting you keep fighting you keep trying to swim out keep trying to swim out the nature of the wave is the waves are that it traps you further but if you let loose and if you accept okay i am in this precarious condition and you let loose then the nature of the ocean is also that the upper layer throws you out and the inner layer sucks you in so if you let loose basically then there is a possibility you can catch a wave which is coming towards the shore and you can follow and come out but for that one has to accept hmm? so for many people for us also a very serious reason or cause for stressful depressive life is that we just continue to fight now many motivational speakers they do speak that okay continue fighting continue fighting but we must accept the reality also uh, we must agree we must be in terms of the reality that okay this is my karma this is how i am this is how life is going to be now what instead of just keep fighting and trying to change one's situation um, so this balance must be there when to fight when to accept and change the course or change the strategy towards life so we see in such examples but that can only happen successfully if one understands to some degree the workings of the supreme lord his nature his his uh, his his way of operating one must understand this and accept lord's hands in one's life then it possibly can happen so these are just some of the points i wanted to discuss uh thank you very much if there is any question comments or any corrections we can take yes oh my can you take the mic out thank you pravati for the nice class you said that lord krishna all his activities are spiritual mm. so my question is when we are sad or we are having like pain and we are suffering does lord krishna also cry does he also feel the pain or is he like aloof from all these sufferings so in krishna's past time we do see krishna crying we do see krishna in pain uh, as i was giving the example when mother sita was kidnapped lord ram was practically behaving very abnormal you know even now also if someone is very attached to their wife and the wife is kidnapped no one will go and ask the trees where is my wife <laughs> you will not go and ask the pets around you have you seen my wife have you seen my wife uh, but lord ram was doing it so very intense very intense pain he was expressing but the another name of krishna is atmaram hmm? he's he's very happy within so then why he acts in a in a in a appearing painful way you know like where he is where he where he behaves like normal people and that's where krishna leela shakti 
his pleasure potency, his, his potency which makes his pastime very sweeter acts. Uh, that same Krishna who has just few days before killed great, great demons, demons like Putana who are 14 miles long and he is just six days old, that same Krishna gets scared with this much stick and when Mother Ishoda is running behind him. Right? It's the same Krishna, right? Putana who has practically terrorized even devatas, bakasur, these, these demons have terrorized devas. Now, this much stick has terrorized Krishna. Rudantram muhun netra yugmam rijantam karam bhoja yugmena sa atanka netram. You are crying so much and there is atanka in your netra. In your eyes there is terror. It doesn't say bhai, fear in your eyes. It says terror. <laughs> it is so intense, so heavy that he is not fearful, he is terrorized by Mother Ishoda, stick. What punishment a stick can do to Krishna? Uh, when these big demons could not even touch him. But yes, he is scared and that's where Krishna's uh, Leela Shakti, those energies which are enhancing Krishna's pastimes, they immediately come in action to, f to give pleasure to the Lord. So can you imagine if you if we have hundreds of people around us and whose only focus, their only 100% focus is how to give me happiness. And they're arranging so many things constantly for me. Oh, now madam would like to drink. Okay, suddenly drink comes to you. Now madam would like to talk to a friend. Suddenly call is made and you're, you're on call with your friend. Now madam would like to, to experience some bitter taste and suddenly a bitter item comes to you. Now imagine if hundreds of people are constantly working around you just to fulfill your desire and they know your desire very well. Huh? How amazing is that? So with Krishna that happens. So his energies are constantly working around the clock just fulfilling his desires. And sometimes they cover even Krishna and he forgets I am God. And then when it's time they uncover Krishna that oh you are God. Huh? They cover Krishna and he is complaining, oh, Balram is, you know, for purposefully saying that I have eaten dirt. Balram is purposefully saying I have eaten dirt because he wants me to be scolded, get, get, he wants me to get scolded from you. And that's immediately, a minute later, when Mother Ishwada asks him to open your mouth, all the universes are seen in his mouth. Uh, so what will give pleasure to Krishna and his devotees, his energies are constantly working. So, so, if we don't understand how Krishna's energies are working, yes, your question is very valid. That why he is in pain, why he appears suffering. Uh, but we must understand that to give pleasure to him and to his devotees around. And thousands of years later, we get pleasure out of it. Don't, whole, for one full month, we were just singing. Uh, oh, he's scared of mother stick. Just by trying to eat butter. We sang, right? Every day we were singing twice a day. So we, thousands of years later also, we also get pleasure from that. So Krishna's energies are working in a way that gives pleasure to him and his devotees and many of us who are trying to become his devotees. Is that okay? Hare Krishna. Anything else? Prabhu, uh, as, as you discussed in the class that uh, Supreme Lord is impartial because he is transcendental to three modes of material nature but anyone who is in under influence of material natures 
moods. Uh, he is partial. I'll also include being judgmental to this. So how does being judgmental or being partial for a devotee is affected to him, like in his sadhana and... Um, so you are saying, we are as devotees, we are judgmental to someone else? Yes. Uh -huh. So how does that affect? So if we are judgmental towards others, how does that affect our spiritual our, life? Our spiritual life. Naturally, we, we, as devotees, if we are judgmental, and here judgmental means uh, not just trying to see uh, a mistake in others for the sake of improving them, but just trying to see a mistake for the sake of pulling them down. Hmm? Because judgmental, being judgmental is a very commonly used term now. Anything in other people's behavior we don't like, we just say, oh, you're being judgmental. Uh, but basically that, that if devotees don't judge us, then how will they correct us? Mm. Right? So, but when this gets toxic, when, then, when, when judging others become toxic, that's the problem. So when we become very judgmental in a toxic way towards others, then naturally our focus is not to see good qualities in others, our focus is just to find fault. And we are so expert in that, that we will even find fault in, in people's tilak. And, uh, and we say, you know, you're, I don't like you because you don't put, luck, put tilak properly. <laughs> even that, that, these statements are, well, are made by devotees. Now, so, so we, we, don't want, we don't want to make ourselves toxic in that sense. Why? Because imagine what consciousness are we carrying where we are walking in the courtyard just, just looking for faults. So that is an activity of a crow who is searching for garbage throughout. But an activity of a swan is he is constantly looking for uh, a place which is clean. So, as devotees, we must develop this habit of, of not fault-finding, but rather looking at good qualities. Because, jagat, you see what actually you are. So, those who are uh, having those faults um, within their consciousness, they very quickly see those faults in others also. And they are very quick to point out also. Because the, it gives a sense of superiority that see you know, this is who you are and I could see that fault and I could point out but what type of consciousness is that I feel that is that is very harmful consciousness as devotees so must be avoided at all means but that does not mean you see someone really going down the drain and you say no no I don't want to point fault I don't want to point fault so then one must go humbly, nicely speak, Prabhu, I feel this is not good for you or the temple or the community. Please just don't do it. And for some people you have to speak a little sternly. But it should be in the mood of service towards that person and community. Hmm. Bhaktivinoda Thakur says that. What, what is a good criticism which is beneficial for them and, at com or and community also? Yes, Prabhu. Thank you, Prabhu. Anything else? Yes, Prabhuji. Um, nice class. Can you say something about Lord Balaram's relationship with Duridan? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's 
Lord Balram's relationship with Duryodhan. So Lord Balram, uh, it appears from at least the TV serials or, or, or general popular understanding that Balram always favored Duryodhan. Actually, no, Balram didn't favor Duryodhan because Balram was Duryodhan's uh, martial teacher, especially the club fighting Balram's personally trained Duryodhan. So naturally, he had an affection because Duryodhan was a very good fighter. Duryodhan was very respectful towards Balram. Duryodhan was very uh, affectionate towards Balram. And naturally, there was, there was from that point of view, there was uh, uh, a liking Balramji had towards Duryodhan because of skill, because of his skill. But if Balram was partial towards Duryodhan, for example, then he would have sided with Duryodhan. But Balram remained neutral. Balram remained neutral. He didn't participate in the fight. Because Duryodhan was not just student of Balram, Duryodhan was related to Balram because Krishna's son, grandson, Krishna's son, I think, was, was married to Duryodhan's daughter. So they had this relationship also. Their families had this relationship as well. And that was one of the key reasons Krishna didn't want to fight also. He said, you are my relative, they are also my relative. I will not side, but you are my devotee. So I can't leave you. So Balramji played a neutral role, which God is expected to play <laughs> from a general point of mindset that God should be neutral. And that's why Krishna is criticized, why he is partial towards Pandavas. And that's the whole understanding of these verses we'll see. Why he is partial towards his devotees. But Balram played more of a neutral God's role. And, and he did not give any extra blessing to Duryodhan. He did not give any any special favors to Duryodhan and his party, he just walked off. He just walked off from the battle. Because Ekala Ishwara Krishna are Sarvabhritya. Only Krishna is the Supreme Lord, rest everyone is serving his command, his desires, his plans. And Krishna had planned this battle of Kurukshetra in this way, so for that Balram had to leave the battle. We see in previous pastimes when Krishna had planned that Brahma will come and steal the coward boys and calves, that was the day Balram didn't go for playing. So that Brahma could do this. <laughs> Why? Because Brahmaji could not bewilder Balram, because Balram is Supreme Lord. So that day Balram he stayed home. And Krishna went alone with his friends to the forest and, Bal and Brahmaji could steal. But because Krishna is the only Supreme Lord, rest everyone is serving his will, Krishna could even bewilder Balram for one full year. Uh, the way he wants people to dance, they will dance. So Balramji was very neutrally disposed towards Pandavas and, and Kauravas both. And that was his main relationship with Duryodhan. Hare Krishna. When towards the end of the fight, when Bhima and Duryodhan fought, and Bhima uh, basically, the, in the club fight, the rule is you can't hit under the belt. That's the rule. But Bhima had taken a vow when Duryodhan, in the gambling match, pointed out Draupadi that come and sit on my lap. Bhima took a vow, I'll break this lap. I'll break your, your lap one day in the battle because you're asking Draupadi to come and sit on your lap. To insult Draupadi, Duryodhan did that in the assembly. Now, the rule of the club fighting is you can't hit under the belt. So how and when he will break the lap? Because you can't hit under if you stick to the rules. And just before the final battle between Bhima and Duryodhan happened, 
Duryodhan's mother called uh, uh, Duryodhan privately and said, come naked in front of me. And all the Shakti as a chaste mother and chaste woman she had acquired, she was not going, not going, now going to transfer all her potency to Duryodhan and make her body like metal, top to bottom. That's why she asked Duryodhan, you come without clothes. Now Krishna is super soul. So he knew this is what's going to happen. So what he did while Duryodhan was going towards, walking naked in his chambers and going to Gandhari's chambers, his mother's chambers, Krishna appeared suddenly. Hey, where are you going? How can you go naked in front of your mother? He said, mother has called me. He said, mother has called you, but why you are going naked? You should be at least little bit in your sense. At least cover your lower part. And Duryodhan got so bewildered by Krishna's material energy. He said, okay, I'll cover. After all the, all the uh, uh, breaking of the rules by Krishna in the battle, still Duryodhan couldn't figure out that again he's doing something very, very weird here. Uh, he's again trying to change my mind. Now he agreed. And he went, covered himself. Of course, that particular area did not become rock solid metal. And later in the fight, when Balram and Krishna are watching the final battle between Duryodhan and Bhima, Duryodhan breaks the rule. He hits under the belt. And Balram was so upset that he wanted to kill Bhima for that. And again Krishna interfered. Uh, now Balram is playing very neutral. Very neutral. He has been neutral throughout. That was his main role in the battle. He was very neutral throughout. But, and this is also part of being neutral because someone who breaks the rule, you punish them. There is no, there is no higher concept of what is happening. Now Krishna had to come and stop Balram. That this is my plan. Please step back. Ekala Ishvara Krishna, Ar Sarvabhritya. I am the Supreme Lord, rest everyone is serving my will, including you Balram. Please step back. I wanted this way to happen. Bhima had taken a vow, my devotee had taken a vow. This rascal had insulted my devotee Draupadi. He deserves this and I have planned it in a way. Now it should happen. And as soon as Balram hears, okay, this is what is supposed to happen. Very normal, backs off and watches Duryodhan die. And that's it. So Balram has played a very neutral role. Krishna has played apparently very partial role towards Pandavas and later it will come whether he's partial or impartial. Actually Krishna's, Krishna is impartially partial. That we'll cover in later classes. I don't want to spoil the suspense now. <laughs> that he's, he's impartial but he's partial also. How? He's just impartially partial. Did Bhima get any reaction for hitting below the belt? No. Did he get any reaction? No. Balram was so upset he wanted to kill Bhima for that. But uh, no, Krishna stopped and no reaction. Anything else or we finish? Yes, Prabhu. Prabhu, so um, after the battle I've seen in the serial, uh, the Gandhari also curses Lord Krishna. Correct. So is that also a part of Krishna's plan or? Yeah. Was so uh, Duryodhan's mother, when she understands that again he has interfered and he has again made Duryodhan cover his lower part and made him weak and vulnerable and that's how he died also. She got so upset. She cursed Krishna. The way all my sons have fought and died, your whole dynasty will fight and die. That's why we'll, we'll see in Bhagavatam also will come that fratricidal war between the Yaduvanshis that happens. So one of the reasons given is that Krishna's vansha, Krishna's 
dynasty was so powerful on the planet that practically no one could oppose them. So how will they die? So the only option left was for them to die is when they fight amongst each other. And now Krishna's pastime is coming to an end and he goes back. So all his associates will also go back with him. So now, but no one can kill them. So Krishna arranged through Gandhari this whole thing where they fought amongst each other and died. And then Krishna also leaves the planet and goes back. So now if you don't under, if someone doesn't understand why Krishna is working in the way he is working, every, I'm telling you practically most of the pastimes of Krishna are enough to bewilder anybody. Are, are, there is controversy in everything. There is bewilderment in every Leela here. You just name the Leela and you will find this is also not normal. This is also not normal. Whereas Lord Ram's Leela are not like that. Only one or two questions may raise, maybe maybe asked, you know, why he sent his pregnant wife to forest and all that. That's it. Rest everything is very goody goody. But Krishna's pastime is not like that. Too many questions are raised. Uh, is it okay? Yes. Thank you, Prabhu. Okay. Grantrashman Bhagavatam Kija Srila Prabhupada Kija and Taigor Premananda Ribo Hare Krishna.
Hare Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Hare. 